You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And as we begin today, I'd like to call in the ancestor, helping spirits, so that all that is good and true and beautiful that comes into each of our lives can be acknowledged. Let us call this energy in directly and specifically, sorting it out from those ancestors whose lives um, are still stuck here, messy and um, problematic. And we, we, we sort out from those energies and we call in those energies that of the people in our lives, in our ancestry, that lived well, those that died well. And we ask them to be with us here today to whisper in our ears that we might live in a way that draws on that wealth, that legacy, that we might right the wrongs that have been made, that we might learn from those who have gone before us, and, they may, and that we might be able to draw forward with us those things that remain true and powerful and beautiful in our lives. There is no need to actually reinvent every single wheel in every single lifetime. So we ask for those ancestors who sorted things out in a good way to be with us here today and to guide us. And with those ancestors gathered round, because you know all you need to do is ask. All you need to do is call out. All you need to do is to begin to remember that there were those that went before you. And they dreamt of a future. And you emerged as the answer to that prayer. And you are dreaming of a future today. And there are those who are coming. We are that link between the ancestors and the descendants. And may we dream well in that link. And so we call out to the ancestors to help us remember what does it mean to be a dreamer here in real time. And so with our feet firmly planted on the earth, we reach down into this great and magnificent being we call home, the earth. We reach our compassion and our love and our gratitude down into all of the layers of the earth. And we call up this energy, giving gratitude for this day. Whatever this day holds, the truth of the matter is, if you're listening, you're alive, and that is a great blessing. So we give thanks for this day and all the beauty that it holds and all of the gifts available to us to be unwrapped. We give thanks for the life and the interconnectedness of life, the diversity of life, and that possibility to be part of a great oneness filled with wisdom and teachers and the opportunity to express ourselves in a good way. So we call out to the earth and we give thanks for a place to ground ourselves and call home for belonging to the great lineage of those who have been and those who are coming. And we call out to the earth to hear our gratitude for the interconnectedness of all things and let us take our place here on earth in that oneness and choose to reach up now with the earth below us and the ancestors gathered round. Let us choose to reach up into the sky energies and call down those energies of the highest power of the universe. Call it down by whatever name you call it. There are so many names. But call it down, even if you don't have a name for it. Draw in the power of blessing. Draw in the power of protection, the power of generosity, and the power of benevolence. Call in all of these energies. Draw them down. Draw them around. Draw them into yourself and into our gathering here today. And in whatever time you decide to listen to this podcast, let this energy be with you and within you. And as the energies of above and the energies of below mix within us, let them come into a balance that is perfect for us in this day at this time. And we call out then rejuvenated and revitalized by the energy of the earth and sky. We call out to the energy of the heart. We call out to the energy of the heart and ask it to be a powerful crucible for the fiery passions of our belly and the great uh, 
lightning clarity of the mind and let these powers come crashing together in the heart where they might find balance, where they might find inspiration and illumination and life force, where these energies come together in the heart that we might know through their mingling and commingling why we are here and gain the courage to do that thing in this day and all the days to come. So give thanks for all of these spirit energies gathering around us here today. I ask that what needs to be heard be heard, what needs to be spoken be spoken, and that all that proceeds here in this day proceeds in a good way for all living things. I want to give a special thanks to Mark and Son and to Sacred Journeys and all the other listeners who have donated to the show. The fact that the show is out there free is is actually pretty cool. I was spending some time looking around to see what was out there, and, and there is a uniqueness in that. So if this show moves you or provokes you or touches you in any way, allow that movement within to move you into action. If you don't have any money, share the show with another who might share it with another. Help the show to grow in some way. And if you do have a few pennies in your pocket, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com and donate. You can donate any amount that you choose to. Um, and every single amount that you offer us goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And on the, once it's on the air, it is available free to anyone who has access to the Internet. And that's a pretty cool thing. So for those of you that are moved, allow that fundamental act of shamanism, that willingness to be moved in the heart into action. Take action in some way and help us to grow. And thank you all for listening today and supporting the show in whatever way that you can. So today, we move out of the realm of the healer into the realm of the teacher. And today, we are talking about the teacher and the trickster. And yes, we are live today. You can call in at 512-772-1938. Or if you're listening from the co-creatornetwork.com site, you can click the Skype button and Skype in. Or you can just email me your questions at Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, Christina at lastmaskcenter.org, which is also the website if you're looking for scheduling a long-distance healing or finding out about classes, etc. So here we are today talking about the teacher and in the essence of the teacher, the trickster. So there are teachers everywhere, and I am not even talking about the humans There are probably way too many of those. But anyway, there are teachers everywhere. The most profound teacher for all of us is life. And though most of us need to learn some skills to be able to interface with that teacher in the right way or in a uh, helpful or productive way, life is the great teacher. And in that, there is nature. Nature is a great teacher for all of us. It might be nice if we left some nature standing around so we don't lose that teacher. And within nature, there are also the spirits of the land around you. These are great teachers as well. And many people move. Many people don't realize this, that they move because there is some great spirit of the land where they've moved to that has called them for the next phase of their teaching. So where I am, for example, there is Mount Hood. There is the Willamette River. There is even still the spirit lingering of the great temperate rainforest of this area. So there are great spirits And these are all all powerful teachers. So you don't even need to be a shamanic practitioner, for example, to be able to connect with the teachers that are present for you in your life. That there is a great essence energy of the teacher here with us. And the way, you know, the Tao, the way itself includes disorder and chaos. So while the teachers help us to organize life, to organize ourselves, to find meaning, um, to find a path, to stabilize ourselves and go forward. The deeper truth in all of these energies is there is disorder and chaos. There is chaos in everything, even in the Tao. The Tao that becomes too rigid must be broken. It's an essential teaching in the Tao itself. Even in the elements those, those, those four or five elements that we go to for balance, for our cosmology that brings us stability and structure in our lives, for these, these elemental energies that we trust to be pure and to give us strength and stability, there is chaos. There is the earthquake and the mudslide in the earth. There is the tsunami in the water. 
There is the tornado in the air and there is the raging forest fire, the strike of the lightning, the bursting, throwing, flaming fire of the volcano. These are all natural manifestations of chaos, even in the elements, even of those things we depend on for their essential truth and stability. There is chaos in all of these things. It is inherent in the nature of our physical experience of life. So there, are, there is crazy logic then in all of these great teachers. The elements are great teachers. Nature is a great teacher. Life, great teachers. And yet there is chaos even in the way, in the Tao. There is chaos. There is crazy logic in all of these teachers. When these things happen, it is not an error. It is the completion of the system. It is the complete circle. It is the, that place in the teaching, in the wheel of life. And the crazy logic teacher then of the teacher archetype is the trickster. And one cannot even venture into the realm of shamanism without making good relationship with the trickster. There is no shamanism without the trickster. And it's possible there may be no conscious thinking without the trickster either, but I'll let Lewis Hyde present that argument for you in his wonderful book, Trickster Makes This World, Mischief, Myth, and Art. Um, Lewis Hyde is the author again, and if you want to really explore this energy and understand it, if your head needs to go there first, this is the book I would encourage you to read. Um, it's beautiful. And very, very, very well, well written, well researched, well experienced. So the thing we need to understand, though many, many, many systems have tried to convince us otherwise. And we and and we like the idea that we can live a life with no chaos. We like that. We are we we are happy in the order of things. But there is no teaching. There is no teaching that is true. Or perhaps complete would be another way to think of it. There is no teaching that is complete without a sacred place in the teachings for disorder or chaos or the trickster. Now understand, for those of you who are now immediately panicking and oversimplifying what I'm saying, I'm not talking about the shadow. You're right, the shadow is one of my other favorite topics. But we're not talking about the shadow today. The shadow is the shadow of something, whatever it is. The teacher has a shadow. The shadow of the teacher is not the trickster. Chaos, disorder, trickster energy, crazy logic is not shadow logic. Those are two entirely different things. And if you are working with a psychologist or a teacher, a shamanic teacher or some kind of energy healer who has those things confused, run the other way. Because those are the people in our lives that are supposed to be, in our contemporary American lives, that are supposed to be helping us to understand these things and sort them out. And if your teacher doesn't even understand those things are two different things, then they don't understand either one of them. Sorry, but that's just the truth. So, the trickster. Now, understand, when I say the trickster is one of my favorite topics, that is not because I am a trickstery person. I have spent some time with a coyote teacher, and I disliked mostly every moment of it. I am not that type of person by nature. By birth, I am a double Capricorn, which means I have a plan for everything. I adore order, and I can organize anything. That is my nature. What I love about the trickster energy is that it is contrary. It is, it is absolutely contrary to my nature, and in that I know because of the Tao, because of the yin and the yang of things, in that I know that it is the trickster who will most surely take me into my own path of transformation and change because it is so profoundly contrary to who I am in my little heart of hearts. And so I love the trickster for that. I don't, it's not my nature. It's not well suited to me. I'm not the kind of person that goes around creating disorder and chaos. Some people do. But
trickster calling in. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, the trickster attacked. Um, so I guess I'm supposed to be moving on from my point. Um, all right. So our work with the teacher supports us in our mastery. And along the... Um, so the teacher is helping us to stabilize, to find balance, to find wholeness, to develop our trust in things, all of these very honest and organized kinds of things. And it, it, the, t- the teacher really moves with us along um, the steady path of our lives. But it's the trickster who reveals to us the shortcuts that allow us to get there to the full and loving expression of our soul's purpose while we are still young enough to enjoy the fruits of those labors. And that's an important thing. I mean, I love those of you that have recognized, you know, life is a process. Um, But tick, 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 people, you're not meant to suffer through the process. You're meant to move it along so that you can enjoy the fruits of the labors of your life. And the trickster... In all things, the trickster offers us the opportunity of a shortcut. So um, back to Lewis Hyde. So Lewis Hyde explains in his book, Trickster Makes This World, that, well, that the trickster makes this world as we actually find it, that the other gods set out to create a world more perfect and ideal. But this world, with its complexity and ambiguity, with its beauty and its dirt was trickster's creation, and the work is not yet finished. So um, the trickster also has become maligned and misunderstood in contemporary Western culture, which is true pretty much for all the crazy logic teachers. Um, Back to the whole idea of mixing up the trickster and the shadow. Um, But what is interesting to me about the trickster, more so perhaps than any of the other crazy logic teachers, is he just keeps showing up. No matter how bad a rap he gets, no matter how much people misunderstand and misinterpret that energy, he still just keeps showing up. So um, Lewis Hyde, again, talks about Trickster as the mediator at the gap. And that would be the gap between the human world and the spirit world. And that what the Trickster is mediating in that gap is our sacrifice. Um, Hyde says that it may well be that fate is set in heaven, but it must be played out here on earth. And between heaven and earth, there is a gap inhabited by the shifty mediator, the trickster. Hyde continues that the trickster's desire is to keep the commerce across the gap lively. And this means there is one key exception to his love of change, that humankind must sacrifice to the gods. That is the single rule that cannot be left to chance. For sacrifice maintains the commerce between the worlds and gives the mediator his job. So trickster is there in the gap, mediating, looking at what it is that you are offering up in your desire to connect with the spirit world and to receive from the spirit world. Are you engaged in honest and sincere sacrifice? And how great is that sacrifice? What are you truly asking for? The the trickster is there mediating that gap. For once there is a sacrifice, Hyde continues, once the commerce is established, the trickster can begin to play. If people refuse to sacrifice, the trickster will certainly bring them suffering. But if people do sacrifice, he will mix luck into fate's design. He will open a space for surprise and the reversals of fortune. So here we have this, this, this dynamic then between the teacher who supports us in our mastery, mastery and along this steady path in our lives of balance and wholeness and trust. And yet it's the trickster in that steadiness that, that reminds us that steadiness itself can become a habit and a rut. And so when do we sacrifice? When do we offer up something that is of no longer, no longer of use to us? When do we sacrifice maybe something that is desperately important to us, but we sacrifice it for the possibility that something else could happen? And then the teacher energy will come in once that something else happens to help us to begin to stabilize in that new world and to create a way to function with balance and wholeness and trust in the new world. But it's that trickster 
that allows us that opportunity to grow, to change, and, and beyond that, to have this sudden reversal of fate, this sudden um, chance, this sudden opportunity that, that is beyond the plan or different from the plan. So Hyde continues to say, of course, that the trickster cannot be trusted, which is very interesting since the teacher energy is helping us to cultivate trust. The, the trickster itself, himself, itself, cannot be trusted. Um, that it is a contact that puts us slightly at risk. That we open ourselves to disruption whenever we call him in. But that is the point, isn't it? If I want to change this path of balance that has now become a path of habit, that has become a rut... I must take a risk. I must open myself up to a disruption and call the trickster in. So it is that action, that sacrifice, that opening that allows miracles. It allows the impossible and it allows um, the, the primary thing trickster is known for, the reversal of fortunes. And so, so think about it also as we think about movies and about reversals of fortune. You cannot trick the trickster, or it takes a great shaman to trick the trickster. That Normally, people try to trick the trickster, and in that, they go down in flames. But it's the person who is willing to open up and to sacrifice, sometimes to sacrifice at all, that brings that, that plays then with the trickster, and that sacrifice then brings the good fortune. So it is between these two, the teacher-leader-sovereign energy, this teacher energy, and the trickster, that we finally are able to master the art of a passionate commitment to the process. That's the balance and wholeness and trust and that stabilizing function of the teacher, the, the ability to passionately commit to the process, but without attachment to the outcome. I know there are entire religions designed to teach us to do that, understood. It's easier said than done. But my sense of it in shamanism is that our capacity to develop that um, essentially a meditative state in life, to be passionately committed to the process without attachment to the outcome, is that perfect balance and that dynamic between the wisdom of the teacher and the wisdom of the trickster. So only in this way can we free ourselves from the shadow of the teacher. And as I said, the trickster is not the shadow. It's a typical misunderstanding and a cop-out. Um, I hear people all the time blame the trickster for the mess they've made of their own life. That's not the trickster. That's you. You're not following your guidance. You're not asking for help. You're not sacrificing, and you're making a mess of things. That's you. That's not the trickster. Right? That the trickster represents the element of life not accounted for by fate or destiny. Now, I'm sure the trickster also represents some mathematical equation. I could go talk to one of those leading-edge scientists right now that do the talking heads on all the really cool movies that could explain to me mathematically what the trickster is because this energy is inherent in our universe. So, well, I'll read this again. This is Hyde, again, explaining to us that the trickster represents the element of life not accounted for by fate or destiny. There is always that possibility for something, for true newness, something entirely new to occur. So trickster is not about the mess that you've made of your life. It's about that possibility, that chance, that opportunity that exists that would take you beyond the fate and the destiny of your life. Destiny in the sense of to be predestined, where it is possible that to work with trickster well in and of itself, might take you to your destiny. That would certainly be the case in my life. I would have never gotten here if I just listened to all those good, reasonable, rational answers. So it's in one's hands to change one's lot. This is Hyde again. So it's in your hands. It's in your hands to change your lot in life. That changes are brought about by individual effort, industry, and will as well as chance and accident. So this is where the trickster comes in. He is the complement to fate. 
He represents the element of life not accounted for by fate or destiny. So together with the teacher and our own industry, our own willingness to work and our openness to chance, the trickster helps us to step out of the shadow of the teacher and to lead, to lead, to take the lead in our lives. That in right relationship with spirit, we have taken the lead in our life And spirit is co-creating that with us because spirit is not meant to lead us by the nose or to hold out a carrot for us. That we, we are the ones that carry the free will. We are meant to lead in our life. The question is, are we leading our own life wisely? Are we leading our own life from a place of freedom? And this is really the issue in the shadow of the teacher. Is in the shadow of the teacher, we think, well, we think we know everything. Uh, But we are not free because we are bound by the judgment and the control and the righteous positionality of our stories. And I mean all of the stories from birth that define reality for you and create a preset, a predisposition, an understanding or a belief about what things will be before we are there. And by the way, if you live entirely within the ball created by your stories and you just run around inside that like a little hamster inside the ball, you are absolutely and entirely uninteresting to the trickster. The trickster may knock knock the ball off the track every once in a while, but you're just no fun. Because remember, the trickster is mediating that gap. The trickster is interested in this people that go, shit, my life is a mess. And start to sacrifice, start to engage in that gap between the human world and the spirit world and start to move things there. Not just run, 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 like a little hamster in your ball. And so this this freedom, this issue of freedom, do I realize that I have the capacity for freedom from my stories? Do I realize that Every single story I tell about reality that comes from my childhood, comes from my life experience, is potentially a lie. It was true as I perceived it in that moment, but did I perceive everything? You know, there is one true story that we can all bank on, that even the trickster can't change. And that is that we are one with all things. Thus, we are one with the divine and that the divine energy lives within each one of us and that we are not able to be separate from it. We can create with our free will, which is very powerful, the illusion of separation. But there is no reality of separation. There is no reality of alienation or isolation because everything is connected. That is the energetic reality of things. Trickster knows this. The teacher knows this. You need to know this. And what the teacher and the trickster are trying to help you to do is to get out from underneath the judgment and the controlling energy inherent in these stories. To free yourself from places that are righteous and positional. And do not think when I say righteous and positional that I am limiting that to those people that are fundamental in their thinking. Fundamental in any way in their thinking. Fundamental thinking is always righteous and positional and shadow. doesn't matter what the content of the thinking is. But in my experience working with people, people who have been profoundly victimized in their life, in the reality of the day-by-day of their life, can be enormously righteous and positional. And in that righteousness and positionality can actually be perpetrators of other victimizing others. It's a very, very convoluted world when we are locked inside those hamster balls. When we are locked inside our stories, we are not free. And we run these same stories again and again and again. And we are either in one role or the other. It's really boring. It's very boring. Well, I think it's boring. But anyway, the trickster thinks it's boring. And that's who we're talking about today. So understand that it is through the dynamic between not just the trickster, but the trickster and the teacher that we are able to make our way out of these stories and to find the freedom then to live in a way that is passionately committed to the process of our lives without attachment to the outcome. 
And this is part of the, the gift then of the teacher and the trickster. So there is really no shamanism without the trickster. The trickster is the teacher in the times when logic cannot provide the path. So there is a, a logic to the teacher. There is a logic to the warrior. There is a logic to the visionary. There is a logic to the healer. Just like there's a logic in the body. There's a logic to the heart. There's a logic in the mind. There's a logic in spirit. All of these logics are all logical. They're just different. And they're all important. They're all necessary, actually, to live a good life. But they are all different logics. But they are logical. Once you learn the logic, it repeats itself again and again. It is, it is um, principled. And so the trickster comes in in those times in life where logic cannot provide the path. In the chaos, in our own shadow work, in death and grieving, and often in love, in ecstatic states, um, things we would consider um, desirable states. There are many states of being in which logic does not provide the path. It cannot. And because of this, shamanism has cultivated um, the trickster and the, and the, and the, the trickster, the, the trickster as a being. So, so shamanic cultures have cultivated this teaching so that we come to understand that we are not abandoned and alone, that God has not forsaken us when we are in chaos. We are not abandoned and alone when we are in our shadow. That we are not without spirit help when we are faced with death and grieving law and profound loss. And so, so cultivating an understanding of the trickster is a really important part of shamanic teachings. And unsurprisingly, an aspect that is um, left out in contemporary shamanic teachings or sort of codified in a way. I mean, the idea, think about it. Is this not the oxymoron codifying the teachings of the trickster? I mean, that can't possibly work. But anyway, I thought I would share with you at this juncture here today some of the many different tricksters. And one of the reasons for this that I think is important is, you know, for us, you know, we need to we need to find wheels, right? We can't reinvent every wheel in every lifetime. So we're starting to learn to work with power animals. Well, it used to be you just had the power, the animal cards, but eventually other people wrote books about the different gifts or powers associated with the different animal helping spirits. And then you start realizing that there are different cultures that interpret that, well, one, have different animals in their environment, but also interpret some of the same animals differently. So what's right? Well, it's all right. So part of part of what's interesting then in America, because we have somebody from everywhere here, so everybody's helping spirits are here as well, and so all of these different animals are here. When a person gets a helping spirit, you kind of have to ask that helping spirit, let's say it's rabbit. Are you a bunny? You know, a North American bunny. Are you a hare? Um, or are you an African rabbit? You know, what continent are you from? What kind of rabbit are you? Because if you're a North American rabbit, you are most likely here teaching um, lessons about cultivating um, a right relationship with your own fear. And that's usually an aspect of what rabbit is teaching in North America. But if you've got a rabbit from Africa, you've got a trickster. And so if you've got a spider in North America, you have connection usually to an, an energy that's usually translated to grandmother spider woman. Not always. Depends on whose spiders you're talking about. But if you've got a spider from Africa, you've got a trickster. And so as we grow more sophisticated in our work with our helping spirits, we need to be able to go beyond what is written and actually ask the helping spirit, so where are you from? What are you here to teach? You know, it's not just are you my teacher, but what are you here to teach me? So one of the trickster energies is Loki. 
he's kind of a god, not god status in the Norse um, array of gods. He is a shapeshifter. He um, has connection with fire, is sometimes referred to as the god of fire, the merry fire of the hearth and the dangerous fire of nature, like the forest fires or volcanoes. So Loki has many, many epic stories. So Loki is a trickster in that um, order of gods in the Norse. In the Pacific Northwest here, where I am from, the Northwest of um, North America, one of the uh, powerful um, sort of hero trickster spirits is Raven. And this is one of the things that you find often with these trickster spirits is that they are the spirits or the, the gods or the, the helpers that take pity on us. That we have transgressed or whatever. We've done something and we're not getting the help that we need across that gap between the humans and the spirit world. And the trickster will often come in and rescue us, usually from our own stupidity, but sometimes from the wrath of the gods. And mediate, again, the mediator between those worlds. So the raven here in the Pacific Northwest is both the trickster and the fire bringing. Bringer. So once again, we have the relationship between the trickster and the fire. As trickster, Rabin is both generous and shamelessly dishonest, cunning and foolish, brave and ridiculous, greedy and resourceful. At the same time, Rabin, as the hero, created the land for the people to live on. He released the people from different ways that they end up getting trapped. Um, and he brought the people fire in the early times so they would not freeze. And in another story, Raven steals the light and brings it back to light the world that the humans are trapped in darkness on the earth. And Raven brings back the light. And so Raven is, um, again, connected with fire, light, but also with helping the humans. So another North American trickster energy is Coyote. And like Raven, Coyote created the world. So we here we go back to Lewis Hyde's title of the book, The Trickster Made This World. So I caught Coyote created the world. He taught human beings survival skills, and he brought the fire to warm up the cold nights. Here we go again, bringing us the fire. And so we have this spirit helper, perhaps God, however you want to think about it, who constantly comes to help us when the other gods won't. And yet in our culture today, we, we utterly disrespect, misunderstand, and make wrong this trickster energy. I find that very interesting how often the story is that the human beings receive the gifts from the spirit world and then make the spirits wrong. It's a really bad habit we need to get out of, people. So here we have Coyote who brings the fire to warm up the cold nights. Death also comes by Coyote's hands. So Coyote gave the humans the Milky Way, not on purpose. He just happened to throw a box that opened and the context spilled into the sky. And at the end of the time, Coyote will return and bring all things to completion. There is an aspect of that in many trickster stories. At the end of time, trickster will do something. Coyote is a shapeshifter. Again, like Loki, the tricksters are almost always shapeshifting in form between animals and humans. Um, Loki, who is human, shapeshifts into animals, and they um, also constantly shapeshift between gender. Coyote is known for his explosive personality, unquenchable appetites for food and women, self-absorption, and the love of mischief. Cruel and vividly silly, he is both unpredictable and potentially dangerous. At the same time, his endless foolishness catches him in one dangerous trap after another, making him the laughingstock before all humans and gods. But he always gets up and goes out and does it again. So another uh, related trickster is the fox. The fox is a trickster um, in North America, but also in Japan. Um, the fox can take human form. And he enjoys tricking humans out of food or favors, often sexual. So now we're here, here we are with this, this trickster, god, spirit, whatever we want to call it, who basically loves all of the pleasures of being human. Food, sex, all of this stuff. So the fox uh, shows great powers at some times and then gets killed at others for doing very foolish things. 
Fox can be, you know, don't the tricksters begin to sound more and more like humans every moment? It's why it's such a great teacher for us, their willingness to be at moments absolutely magical and powerful and bring back the light. And in the next moment, sort of trip over themselves and ruin everything. Um, so they're, they're really, really juicy, um, exquisite teachers for us because we're just like that. So Fox, um, like the other tricksters, can be magical, mischievous, self-absorbed, helpful, but sometimes destructive and downright evil. And I use that word a little loosely. Now, Rabbit, as I brought up, is a very, very powerful trickster figure in Africa. His exploits and attitudes traveled from Africa to the Americas in with the slave trade. And those um, stories told as oral history stories began to be coalesced into the Br'er Rabbit tales, who then inspired Bugs Bunny. And we also see these trickster energies in Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. And so these trickster tales are there in, um, well, at least used to be there in these stories and our cartoons. Okay. Um, another trickster is the spider or Nancy who is, um, well, has been brought back beautifully into our popular awareness by Neil Gaiman in the Nancy boys rush right out and get it. It's a great read. He is a trickster hero of many African peoples. He is often characterized as predatory, greedy, cunning, gluttonous, and without scruples, and very sexually active, I might add. And although he may be admired for his frequent victories over those who are larger and stronger than him, um, he does not usually gain moral approval. He can be shrewd, yet is often stupid or the unwitting clown. So as you see, the trickster, no matter the form, carries many of the same energies. One of my favorite trickster energies is the monkey king, or the monkey is pretty much a trickster wherever he is found, um, but there is a monkey king in China. And he's embodied exquisitely by Jet Li in the movie The Forbidden Kingdom. Rush right out and rent it. It's wonderful. It begins with a great opening sequence of the monkey king fighting on the top of a mountain with his a pole, his staff, which is his weapon of choice. So the Monkey King was born out of rock, and hence he is extremely strong and durable and invulnerable. He is immortal, having gorged himself on the life-giving peaches of the Jade Emperor's sacred garden. Now see, he's not just immortal because he was born a god or something, but because he tricked the gods. I mean, and that's the other thing about the trickster and the trickster's stories is the trickster often tricks the gods. It's amazing. The trickster is an amazing, amazing character. So the monkey king, back to the monkey king, he is extremely smart. He learned all the magic tricks in the world from a master Taoist so that he is now able to transform himself, once again, the shapeshifter, into 72 different images. He employs the clouds as vehicles to travel, and his wishing staff, once again, is his favorite weapon, is from the dragon kings of the ocean. Um, and he can turn clumps of hair into any object if he, he desires. Remember that if you go rent the Forbidden Kingdom. Um, and his fiery eyes can see through most illusions. And this is an important aspect of the trickster. It hasn't been brought up in so many of the others. But it's that mediator between the worlds. The trickster can see if the sacrifice you have made is truly a sacrifice. He can see through your own illusions. Um, so these traditional tricksters from all around the world, you know, what are they here to teach us? Now, that's e- easier to begin to sort out if we work with them shamanically because we can journey to them and work directly with them. But what about if you just have a regular life? You have not yet been inspired by my podcasts to learn how to journey. I'm smiling. Uh, and you're just trying to be an ordinary person and live an ordinary life in a better way. Well, there are teachers everywhere, like I said, life, nature, and the trickster are all around you. And so you can begin then to work with the trickster in your regular life, in your ordinary life. And part of this comes from the simple fact, which is just a fact of life as a human, is that the prepared mind notices what the world wants it to notice. Another way to say that is the prepared mind notices what it's prepared to notice. In other words, if you believe that if your mind is prepared to see Satan around every corner 
and that and to see God as separate from you, then that is what you will see, and you will you will interpret life around you as a reinforcement of that story. If your mind is prepared to see interconnection between all things, to see meaning in coincidences, and to under, to see life as a teacher, then that's what you'll see. That that the world out there is responding to you as much as you are responding to it. And so the prepared mind notices what the world wants it to notice. So a more conservative mind, this is back to Hyde again, a more conservative mind deprives, um, more conservative minds deprive coincidence of meaning by treating it as background noise or garbage. But the shape-shifting mind pesters the distinction between accident and essence and remakes the world out of whatever happens. Either way, the intelligence that takes accidents seriously is a constant threat to essences for the economy of categories. And this is essence being used in the sense of categorizing things. Whatever the value of, of accident changes, so too does the value of essence. In other words, the accidences, those chances, those reversals of fortune change everything. They change, it's like, um, like a, the game of Go, for those of you, or any of those games where one thing moves and all the pieces switch. Those games train us for life because that is how the energies work. An important piece here with the trickster is to understand because learning to work with the trickster is all about training your mind. Well, it's not all about one aspect of beginning to work with a trickster, I should say it that way, even if you don't know anything shamanically, is to begin to just train your mind to look for the coincidences, look for the trickster, look for the accidents, look for the opportunities in the accidents to begin to sacrifice and see what opens up in your life, just to begin to recognize that the trickster is there mediating for you between your everyday human existence and the spirit world and begin to play in that interface with the trickster. Anybody can do that. You don't know, have to know how to journey to do that. You don't know how to sacrifice in the right way or the right thing. You can just begin. The trickster doesn't give a shit about pretty or correct or any of that stuff. The trickster's right there in the rawness of life. Are you willing to risk something for something, the possibility of something else with no guarantees that's the kind of sort of reshaping of the mind that allows us to begin to engage with the trickster, even if we don't have shamanic skills. Now, one important thing for us to acknowledge at this stage in the reality of contemporary, at least American life, but we're not the only people with this problem, is the trickster can help us in interesting ways with addiction. So the teacher energy is a stabilizing force, as I have said, that it is the way that we coalesce and regroup after healing, after warriorship, after running from death, after all the things that transform us kind of on purpose. The teacher energy is our teacher leader energy is helping us to to reorganize ourselves and, and realign ourselves and and um, What's the word? Simultaneously with this, addiction is also an oddly stabilizing force in the fact that addiction is the same thing again and again for the same reasons. That, the, the, that addiction, even though there's some variation on the theme, it's the same theme again and again and again. And so it is an oddly stabilizing force, not so much in the sense of the teacher but it does stabilize us. So if we can't, uh, if we are unwilling to do what is necessary to connect with the teachers in our life, but we need desperately to stabilize, we can stabilize through addiction. And so what is at the root of addiction, which I talked about in greater depth in the show about shamanism and addiction. So what is at the root of addiction is the habitual avoidance of what was a true impulse, meaning a true energy that rose up inside of yourself to be expressed. And it was met with um, 
judgment or control. It was blocked in some way. You were, you were taught to fear it or to misunderstand it. But in some way, this true impulse emerged out of you, usually as a child, and it gets blocked. And we begin to participate in the block ourselves. It's not just blocked from the outside. Originally, it is. But because of the outer experience, we then begin to create that block internally. And thus, it becomes a choice to conform to the outer world. And so the true impulse is stopped. The addiction then is the workaround. There's still this true impulse, but it's blocked inside. And so the addictive behavior is the way we work around and try to substitute for that true impulse, that thing we truly long for. We try to substitute for that. Addiction is an attempt to go where that true impulse would have taken you. Now, of course, nothing can take you there but the true impulse, but the addiction is the attempt to go there. It's the attempt to feel the experience of that expression of that true impulse. It's that, it's that attempt again and again in the same way over and over and over and to get to what that true impulse would have been. So addiction is the baited hook for the fish. And this is where the trickster comes in. So hunger for the fish you're the fish, by the way. So hunger is the issue here, right? And there's this baited hook, and that's the addiction. Because of instinct, right, the fish, and so in this case, your addiction has become this sense almost of instinct. So because of instinct, the fish will not set the hunger aside, but will bite that hook every time to get the bait. So at issue here with the trickster is the ability to move past the addiction. In this case, the hunger, the baited hook. So that ability to move past the hunger and the addiction to do something different. So an animal that is prey for a baited trap does well to develop the wit to see past the bait. And that's what the trickster does in all the trickster stories. The tricksters suggest a kind of incremental growing cunning that ends with a creature smart enough to defer the hunger and figure out how to steal the bait without getting the hook. So the trickster in particular, as with all the crazy logic teachers, helps us to unwind the twisted, illogical path of our addiction and allow us to follow that path, to develop the cunning, and instead of using the will to clamp down and stop everything, The trickster allows us to follow the path and develop the cunning without judgment and continue to find that place where we stopped the true impulse. And as we followed that winding path with the trickster and then sacrificed the addiction for the possibility of something new, we can finally make our way back to that true impulse and to free it and to rediscover it. And to engage in that true action now. And if we do that, there is no need for the addiction. Because the addiction was a workaround in the first place. So this is a very convoluted way. But it is a way to truly get to what is at the root of a person's addiction. What is that true impulse that would have brought them joy and true expression of their soul's purpose that got trapped And as a result, this addictive life ensues that is stable um, but is not interrupted by this impulse of true expression. I mean, some addictions are pretty benign, but man, are they boring when you compare it to the possibility of a passionately committed to the process of living your soul's purpose without attachment to the outcome. And that is one thing about addiction, people. It is total 100% attachment to outcome. And so it is absolutely contrary to the medicine, the teachings, the realm here of the teacher and the trickster. So there is a, where this takes us then is to one of my favorite quotes then from Hyde about the trickster. He says, the trickster story imagines an infant so fully independent 
that he never plays a part to please his parents. He never puts on a mask his elders have designed. So think about that. Imagine a life in which the infant can be so independent, where you were so independent of the judgment and control and the acceptance of your parents that you never played a part to please them. You never once put on a mask that your elders designed for you. How many of you are doing what you are doing today as work in the world because that is what your parents expected of you? How many of you have done everything you've done in your adult life because that was the program laid out for you? So what this is talking about is the trickster infant. So the trickster story imagines an infant so fully independent that he never plays a part to please his parents and never puts on a mask his elders have designed. Hyde continues, it is surely sad when his trickster desires escape him and disaster follows. But it would have been even sadder had he contained himself. As it is sad whenever men or women become so well behaved that no joyous impulse ever disturbs their lives. Our soul's purpose is a joyous impulse. It is designed to disturb our life, to keep asking us for a fuller, richer, and more passionate expression. If it is your intention to live your soul's purpose in this life, you cannot become one of those men or women so well behaved that no joyous impulse ever disturbs your life. Yes, disaster in an, when it occurs, is a big headache to say the understatement of the day for those people living in Japan right now. Yes, disaster is a problem. But in those moments of disaster, especially if we can sacrifice right there or, or acknowledge the sacrifice that has been made, commerce begins between the realms. The trickster mediates and we become interesting to the trickster. And if you become interesting enough, the trickster may bring into your life that thing that is not accounted for by fate or predestiny. They bring into your life a reversal of fortune. And this is the gift of the trickster. So I encourage you to live in a way that allows you to court the trickster in your life. To let the adventurer in you lead at least once a week, if not once a day, to take you where you don't expect to go, to let, to take a risk, to let opportunities arise. But ultimately, to begin to understand there is commerce between the worlds and the trickster mediates that gap. And that it is through sacrifice that we communicate what we truly want and need with the other world. And sometimes what we don't understand is what it is that needs to be sacrificed. Because again, it often follows a very crazy logic. And this can be at times one of the greatest gifts of trickster is to say, Hey, coyote, what do I need to give up? To find the man or the woman my heart longs for. Hey, rabbit, what do I need to sacrifice to find that work in the world that will move me powerfully into my true soul's purpose? Hey, Loki, what have I got to give up to become the man or the woman that I have come here to be? Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining me this week. I hope that you will continue to listen. Next week, we continue talking about how the spirits um, are teaching us to be better humans and how to get on board with that program. I give thanks to the ancestors all around us for their legacy, bringing us all that is good and true and beautiful. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above for holding us well in this day. I give thanks for the heart that unites us all. And I give thanks to the trickster for not giving up on us. Thank you, everyone. 
and I hope you'll join us again next week.